the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Well, Tyson, the beat goes on. We're just recording machines today. This is our third one of the day. I think we're doing six altogether. I'm enjoying batching our work and spending the day with you. Yeah, I, I feel like we've got more today, but I'm, I don't know. I really enjoy days like this. This is a lot of fun. I want to kick you for saying the beat goes on because now that song is going to be stuck in my head the entire day. The beat goes on. I can't sing though, but I can uh, get some other good. earworms for you if you want. Yeah, go for Dancing it. Dancing. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) No, would you like to? I can't read the bio. Oh, sure. Our guest today is Deanna Johnson. She's a great guild member, a new guild member. We're glad to have her. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So, Deanna, tell us a little bit about your journey and and what brings you here today. All right. So, I've been practicing for five years. I am in South Louisiana. I live in Baton Rouge. I graduated law school. I went to law school in New Orleans, and then I'm back in Baton Rouge now, LSU undergrad. And I graduated law school and I started out doing community property litigation with a small firm here of two guys who were just really true experts in that area. They really niched down. And that was a really cool thing to see as a new grad, attorneys just really doing what they do best. I did that for about a year and a half. And then I left and did insurance defense. I was in-house with GEICO doing staff counsel work. Yes, yes, Tyson. So I did that for several years and I'm really thankful for that work. It was definitely trial by fire, great litigation experience. And then I always knew I wanted to go out on my own. I thought it was going to be a bit longer, but I actually found you guys podcast Probably about a year ago at this point, I was out on maternity leave with my second and I started listening to you guys and my plan changed. So I want to thank you guys for that. You not only did I, I always knew I was going to be able to do it, but because of you guys, I saw that I could do it a lot sooner than I was planning on doing it. So I entirely shifted gears. I started, spent my last month of maternity leave just making a plan of all the things I needed to figure out before I quit my job. And I got that in order. And so that was about November that I found you guys on it. And it was a recommendation from someone on Reddit. 
just saying, hey, does anyone have any lawyer podcast recommendations? And someone mentioned you guys and I just picked it up. But from about November until April 18th is when I left my job. So I spent that time getting it all together. And here I am. So six months in at this point, I'm practicing mostly family law with some estate planning and just a little bit of personal injury. I love it. I love it. So what was the plan before and what was the actual moment that it clicked that you were going to do this faster? So I wanted to stay because I wanted more trial experience. Mm. Of course, the majority of my time there with that firm was during COVID. So any litigation work that I had set had gotten pushed. During my three years there, I only had one trial and I desperately wanted trial experience. I wanted jury trial experience. And I thought, oh, you know, let me hang out for a couple more years and maybe I'll get this. And as Tyson knows with personal injury, I mean, 98% of these cases settle. So when I really looked at the work I was doing, I really felt that I had maxed out on my learning ability. At that point, it was just turning and turning. And what little bit I didn't know, I have built such a great network of other attorneys that I realized I don't need to sit here for another three years. If I run into these issues, if I run into these complexities, I have plenty of people to work with to help get me through it. So let's do this. So let's fast forward to that first week. You launched the firm. Walk us through that, what you were going through mentally, just what your week was like. So I recorded myself on video the first day. I was thinking about you guys and all the things you do. So I made myself a little video testimonial that I didn't watch. I was like, this is going to be horrible, but I'm going to record it. And it'll be fun to use one day whenever I'm hopefully celebrating 10, 20 years here. That first week was still a lot of getting things together. But at that point, at least the floodgates had opened. I'm ready to take on work. I had my bow practice, all my bank account, everything was in order. The interesting thing about, I guess, over the past six months is 90%, maybe more of my work has come from referrals from other attorneys. So I feel that I had been building those blocks in the month that I was leaving, letting people know, hey, I'm going to be doing this. So as soon as I said, I'm here and I'm ready, the work started coming in a lot quicker than I was honestly expecting. I was anticipating to spend those first few months learning, going back and spending time in court, maybe watching because I've returned to a practice area I hadn't done in five years. And then I was honestly hit with a flood of work. So that was really unexpected from the get go. So this question is more for my curiosity and education. I'm wondering, I'm sure that a big part of listening to our podcast was you were saying to yourself, man, if these two boobs can do it, I know that I can pull off running a firm. But what were some of the shifts in your mindset that came about from listening to episodes or of the show in general? I think you guys do a really great job of breaking down the basics of what you're doing. I thought it was going to take me a lot longer to figure out how to function as a solo person and make all of these things work. And I feel like just listening to the various episodes, whether it be intake or, you know, the burning ships was obviously one of my favorites. I know that's mentioned a lot to you guys, but it just, it just do it. And I feel like that was the message you guys were giving, get out there, work hard and, Stay up late and make it happen. 
For those of you that don't know, if you've not listened to the Burn the Boats episode, it is one of my favorites. I think it's episode six. I don't remember exactly, but I think it's episode six. But go back and listen to it if you haven't. But I want to talk about expectations versus reality. So what were your expectations going in and how is it going now when it comes to reality? So I thought I was going to painfully struggle to get clients. I thought, oh, I'm going to have like one client a month and I'm just going to mosey along. And then that was not the case. So, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited to grow fast. And that was the biggest thing that drew me to the guild was I want to learn from others and I want to expedite this process the best I can of getting to where I'm going. So expectation was, again, I'm just going to be out here figuring this out. And really it was okay, not only do I need to figure this out, I need to figure out intake. I need to figure out systems and processes for these things because I'm quickly not going to be able to handle these things on my own. So what has happened in six months, I really wasn't anticipating more for two years. So that's been tough because I'm still completely on my own. I I think my goal last week, I, I hired a VA from Wing. Uh, I have my meeting with them today to figure out that onboarding process, but that's truly my first help at this point. It's all me and I have two little ones. I have a two and a half year old and a 14 month old. So just mom life, lawyering, it is running me ragged, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm so excited for you and so impressed. I just think it's so great what you're doing. Thank you. Let's talk about your practice area. How did you pick your practice area? How is it looking? What do the competitors look like? What are you thinking about family law in Baton Rouge? Yeah. So I went family law. It just makes sense to me. And I've said this to multiple lawyers recently. I wish some other area of the law just clicked in the same way the gears do in my brain when it comes to family. but. That's just where my brain went. And it it was like that when I started law school. So I went through their family law clinic there too. And it just, as much as there's drama and whatnot, I I do like it. I do enjoy working with people. So as to the family law, there's an abundance of the work. It's low hanging fruit. I think the thing that has helped me most in my practice and in life is I was almost raised to be a politician as a child. And I've worked my whole life to really maintain relationships I have a ridiculous Christmas card list and I work really hard to make good content posts on social media that are personal enough, but not overbearing. So again, my network has really fed into what I'm doing here. So whenever I announced, hey, I'm doing this, you know, it just happened. And family law, everyone needs a family law lawyer. And then as for the estate planning, that was never in the plan. There was an attorney who... I met many years ago with my first boss, and she actually took the liberty to tell me I passed the bar in a business meeting we were having and then made me start sobbing because I was like, I'm waiting to find out until I leave. Don't tell me. I'm not prepared for this. And then I met with her upon opening my firm, and she said, what can I do to help? What can I do to help you? I've always loved you. Tell me. So she actually... She pulled her estate planning firm. She had, a, I think, a 30-person firm. She pulled her Google page a year and a half ago and has just really dwindled down business. And she has said, let me teach you. Do you want to do this work? I can funnel this work to you. So the majority of her estate planning work comes from financial advisors. So that's a 
another neat way of I'm not having to spend advertising money. I'm not having to, it's that's happening more organically. And honestly, I think that I don't like that I'm doing so much dabbling, but I think that the family law and estate planning together makes sense. These worlds cross over a lot in the work I'm doing, a lot of the prenups, um, and then obviously in the estate planning itself. And then the personal injury, I'm doing like this much of it. Um, Mostly just clients I already have, family, personal connections. I'm not taking any kind of crazy liability disputes. I do have partner firms that I work with if work comes in that that's just too challenging. I'm not trying to be an expert in the personal injury world, but I have spent years in it. And for the most part, I feel confident that I can navigate the majority. So I'm not putting any efforts into the marketing personal injury. That's more just, hey, I do this. I'm here if if you know, if you need it. I'm with Jim. I'm I'm really excited for you. I think this is so, so awesome. I would like for you to niche down, but I get where you are. I completely understand. But I'm really curious, what does your day look like? Insanity. So my husband, he has a really terrible commute to his job. So I get up with my kids at six in the morning. I wrangle them. They're at a daycare, a good about a 40 minute drive to and from well, 20 minutes each way. I mostly work from home. I hate working in the office. As long as I can be at home, I am way more productive. So I, I don't come into the office unless I have client meetings. But for the most part, by the time I do my mom life, nine to four is pretty much the daytime chunk that I have. And then I do a lot of eight to midnights. The biggest problem I'm having right now is because I'm alone. And I think your last question had asked how my market was for what I'm doing. That's a whole other interesting question. And the the majority of family law attorneys, they're older, like probably 60 plus. They've been solos their entire lives. They don't have websites. They're not on Google. I started investing in the Google local services ads about three weeks ago. And I'm only one of four attorneys in my city using them. And because there's so few of us, the cost is relatively reasonable. So my day has changed a lot in the past few weeks. And then I'm probably footing about eight intake calls a day at this point, which I'm sure, as you would know, is just exploding my day because I don't have help. So I have an answering service, but I also feel that in my practice area, if someone doesn't talk to them, soon, same day, next day, they're calling the next person. So I'm investing a lot of time right now into this intake, the follow-up, and a lot of my true work isn't happening until eight to midnight at night, which is not sustainable. So I'm really hoping this uh, virtual assistant can help get some of this off my plate. And what's next? Because you need two people. If you're getting eight leads a day, that's a lot. You know, and it's wild. I, I, it's on my goal the next month to listen to the Gary Falkowitz, uh, your intake podcast series, because I'm doing a poor job at converting those leads. And it's because I don't have the time. I think I looked at my pipeline in just this week. I think I probably, there was probably at least 20,000 in work um, between Monday through Wednesday that came through intake. And I didn't sign any of those people, but I talked to a ton of them. But it's because I only have a short window to talk to them. I'm not doing good with the email follow-up, the, the call follow-up to the extent that I'm able to handle my own right now is, thanks for calling. I'm not your lawyer until you sign a contract, you know, the basic. So that's not good. So yes, my next hire after this, I very much hope is 
I think I'm going to need a paralegal. I think I'm more like at least a contract paralegal something because I, I just think about I did sign three divorces yesterday and everything's ready, but I haven't filed the documents. I was just thinking this morning, how amazing would that be to have someone to do those things? Because I have back-to-back meetings today. So these are some tough growing pains, but I'm excited. It reminds me of the good old days. Um, you, it's like you're you're bursting at the seams, right? You're trying to hold everything together. It's like you're holding a bunch of plates on sticks. I am. It's, I remember those days. I want to talk about this a little bit more because I almost feel like if I were doing family law, if I were you, I think my first hire would be, you've, you've got the virtual assistant that's starting soon. You've got the answering service. I think that my first hire would probably be an attorney because you're with family law stuff. You're in court all the freaking time. And the, the earlier you can kind of set this thing up so that you're not that centerpiece, uh, that center spoke, I think the better for you. And you can kind of start delegating that work to other attorneys because like family law is just so court heavy. It is. What are your thoughts on on hiring an attorney as your, your first hire as opposed to like a paralegal or like a, a, a an assistant? I'm not opposed, but I've got to get my revenue up at this point because I'm not capturing a lot of these referrals coming in, I'm still not making great money. So I'm hoping I, the wing assistant that I hired was actually someone that I'm hoping to completely take over my phones. I, I don't know how this is going to work. We'll see. It was, it was someone who's had a couple years of us experience with sales calls. So they were able, and they're not, I didn't, they had another package that wasn't listed on their website for this option. So I'm really hoping this person can, start doing some basic intake for me and a lot of my admin that is not case related to then let me see where the cards fall on what's needed next. But I don't think an attorney is a bad idea. I've just got to get the revenue up before I'm able to do that. The Guild is maximum lawyers community of lawyer entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you will build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country four times per year. And in 2023, we've added a half-day workshop to each mastermind where you'll learn new skills while working on improving systems and aspects of your personal firm. Then take the hot seat on day two and work through your most pressing challenge. It's all inside the Guild. To learn more, visit MaxLawGuild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is Ms. Deanna Johnson. She's been out on her own for just five months. She joined the Guild and we're happy to have her. Let's talk about that point you just raised about getting that revenue up. I'm wondering is, is there a way that we could tell our new signups, hey, it's going to take us three weeks, four weeks to get your divorce on file or we'll get working on your answer to your divorce or whatever. I'm wondering if we can elongate the expected time for you to perform and to just really focus on signing up a bunch of cases fast and then use that cash to hire someone. Because remember, you don't have to have the whole salary for them. You don't have to have years worth of salary. You just have to have enough to pay them two weeks and four weeks from now. And and I think that's possible. I think for me personally, I have way, I think my expectations of myself and the way I'm practicing are too high. Mm-hmm. And I had a self conversation with myself yesterday about this and that I had a client come in yesterday and she said, I'm her second attorney. And she said, I just want you to know 
it's phenomenal that you always, you know, get back to me same day. She said, my lawyer before me, I was lucky if I got a response within a week. And that's great. But I also then questioned myself, is it really necessary for me to be responding to my clients the exact same day? Because that's where a lot of my time is going. I want to be able to do that for them. But I have to wonder if it would be best for my business if I take a slight pause, get some other things situated, and then get back to that that kind of attention that I want to give them. I'm going to go back to the niching down stuff. How much of what you're doing with one of these practice areas is robbing what you're doing in the other practice areas? So the estate planning, I don't think it's too bad right now because of the way that the work is coming in. Uh, the estate planning, I'm, I feel like I'm taking it really slowly in chunks and it's mostly just work that's being fed to me. So I'm not really going out of my way and I'm really just trying to focus on the basics, just will packages, powers of attorney, these really easy things that are really excellent flat fees, you know, two meetings, good money done. The family is really what's just sucking the life out of me. And I knew this going into this practice. And I hope that honestly, five years from now, I, I really hope to have at least a family attorney and at least a estate planning attorney. It'd probably be more like two family attorneys and maybe an estate attorney and me just working on the work I want to work on and visionary like you guys a lot in your firms. But I am definitely stretched thin. I am trying to learn two practice areas that I'm not excellent at and I do not like doing poor work. So that's tough. That's tough. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know about what, what's, what's being robbed here. I think you're doing great. Let me ask you this question. Were you right to leave when you did and go out on your own when you did? Yes. Yes. A million percent for many reasons. One that like I wasn't going to gain anything more by staying. I think in month five, I made more on my own than I did. Uh, this, this is month six. So five and six were, I definitely made more in five and six than I did in the last month of, of working with my prior job. Also the company, that company has just taken a total nosedive, which is just wild after years of just really outstanding benefits and profit sharing and all these things. And I left and that they, those things were gone. And those were a big part of the incentives of being there. So that was just a coincidence. But but yes, I'm glad I made the move. All right. So this question is more for the the listener, right? So people that are thinking about going out on their own. This is not about regrets or anything like that. Okay. But looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? Honestly, no. I think that I needed that litigation experience. And I think, you know, obviously, I think family law attorneys get a bad rap of being, you know, bottom tier attorneys, whatever it may be. But those years of litigation experience are going to serve me very well. I have family law friends who've been practicing 10 years and they've done five depositions in their entire practice. I think in my three years, I probably did three to 500. So it's just the actual motion practice, true litigation, discovery, just I really see in the work that I'm doing with other attorneys my work product compared to theirs because of that litigation experience. So I'm thankful that I have it. Yeah. I don't want you to ever have that thought or anyone that does fame law, that thought that uh, fame law attorneys are like the bottom feeders because there is, there are hardly any other 
niches that you've got to know estate planning, you've got to know tax law, you've got to know the family law, you got to know custody. In some instances, you got to know injury. Like you've got to know, you got to you know real estate. Like some of the best attorneys I know are family law attorneys because they've got to know all of those different areas. So no one should be thinking that because that is, they couldn't be further from the truth. I, I agree. I just, I, I, uh, I guess from my circle of, of people in my life who are not, they're like, ah, I'm like, ah, no, I swear we do real things. <laughs> Definitely. My friend, John Burbonis, when he was an associate circuit judge, he had the choice to continue another two year stint in family law. And now he's a full circuit judge. He deals with plaintiff's lawyers, defense lawyers, criminal defense lawyers, he says family lawyers are the most prepared, the best to deal with, the most collaborative, usually, unless they're completely combative, which is sort of two different things. But yeah, for sure. So I just want to say, I think you're doing all the right things. I think your mindset is right. I'm just really proud of you. Thank you. I think that what you're doing is extra hard because you're a mom. Not that that's fair. But I just think that you're juggling a lot and you're just doing a, a great, great job. And I give you a total A+. I appreciate that. I uh, I know just all I keep telling myself is just keep moving forward. I know that, you know, I'm, a lot of things are not being done to the quality that I want, but I know that we're pushing to get to better goals. So the same day this week, I hired the VA, also hired a marketing company. So we're moving. There's only up from here. All right, Deanna, we do need to wrap things up because we are over time. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. Just search Maximum Lawyer in Facebook and you will be able to find us. If you want a more high-level conversation, join us in the guild. Go to MaxLawGuild.com. And if you have referrals, something we don't talk about a lot is go to Maximum Lawyer Referrals and you can, um, if you've if you're looking for an attorney or if you want to refer a case to someone, go to Maximum Lawyer Referrals and you can uh, share your cases there. Um, and while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would appreciate it because it, it helps spread the love and it helps spread the knowledge to other attorneys that may need it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Well, longtime listeners in this space know that I love the I Love Marketing podcast and I spend most of my time talking about Dean Jackson, but the other member of that duo is Joe Polish. Joe Polish has a new book out, just came out on Tuesday. I started it on the treadmill. It's excellent. It's called What's In It For Them? And it all talks about his mindset when trying to build rapport with other people and how to connect with other people and how important connections are. Deanna talked about it at the top of the show about how important her connections were. It also has one of the best breakdowns I've ever seen of how to like meet people you want to meet and how to connect with them when you actually do meet. It's almost like a how-to guide on how to do that. And Joe also has a real soft spot in his heart for addicts and part of what he's doing with his mission in life and part of the proceeds of the book go towards trying to help people in recovery. And so it's a win-win if you get the book. I, I recommend it. I'm about halfway through. It's great. I'm going to check it out because if I know anything about Joe Polish is that he, whenever he does something, he usually does it with excellence. So he really he puts his all into it. And if there's anybody else on this earth that knows how to make connections to people you want to meet, it's Joe Polish. So that's a great one. So I'm going to check that out. What's the name of it again? What's in it for them? Instead of what's in it for me, it's what's in it for them. Love it. Very good. All right, Deanna, what is your tip or hack of the week? So it goes back to a little bit what I said earlier about connections. I think it's so easy to say... Uh, I don't know how to get clients. I don't know how to meet people. And I, I really always tell everyone I meet, go do something you enjoy. And on top of that, maybe d define your target audience. 
and really figure out where those people are, what they're doing. Go join that country club. Go join that association that has a great following of women of this age group, X, Y, Z. Just get out there and do something. And it, it really does pay off, even if it's not immediately passing out your card and, and getting your name out there. It, it comes back to you. Great advice. Love it. For me, I've been doing a lot of uh, reels and uh, TikToks and most, although most of them are being edited by someone else, every once in a while I'll be shooting my own. And there's an editor that I really, really like. I, I have the paid version. It's called InShot and it's a, it's an iPhone app. You can probably get it on Android or whatever, but of all of the editing apps I've ever used, this is by far the easiest. And it allows you to do like picture in picture and like just with like just a few touches. It's fairly intuitive as opposed to many of the other interfaces are kind of clunky and hard to use. This one's pretty easy, but InShot, uh, I think like the lifetime subscription for it is like 60 bucks or something. It's not too bad. So I recommend it. Deanna, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your story. And I'm with Jim, like you're doing awesome work. So keep up the great work. You're kicking butt. Thanks, Deanna. Appreciate it. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.